Well, what do you want your politicians to pledge to? What do you want them working on for the next 10 years? Well, Generation Squeeze has actually been thinking about this. They've launched something called the Generational Fairness Champion Pledge. We're going to find out all about it now with Dr. Paul Kershaw, who's a professor at the University of British Columbia's School of Population and Public Health and founder of Generation Squeeze. Thanks for being back with us. Thanks so much for having me back. So what is this all about? Well, I founded Generation Squeeze um, a decade ago, and over the years, we've taken on the childcare crisis and the housing crisis and the climate crisis and even the healthcare crisis. And lately, I've been jesting, it's like we're stockpiling crises like it's pandemic era toilet paper. And, you know, with Gen Squeeze, we really started to try and help people not just address the symptoms of a problem, but the root cause, the underlying disease. And I think more and more, you know, we're talking about systemic problems like classism and racism and sexism. But one thing we don't talk a lot about is how we have this dysfunctional generational system. Generational unfairness is quite pervasive. And so we're wanting to help our politicians more and more bring that generational fairness lens to their, pardon me, to their decision making. Okay, so how do they do that? What do you want them to do? Well, we want them to recognize a few things. First, that, you know, we need to be planning for all ages, investing in investing fairly for young and old alike. And that often is going to mean we're going to want to try and promote people's well-being where they're young so that we can prevent them from becoming sick later on. It's like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We also want us to say, like, we have to be protecting what's sacred for those who follow, like a healthy childhood, a healthy home, a stable planet. And there's this common common to practice it's harmful that we really need to shine a light on like we've been extracting so much wealth from our housing system in this region that we leave little affordability left over or we've been using so much of the atmosphere's scarce capacity to absorb carbon that now we leave extreme weather as our legacy for those who follow and we're often actually you know unwilling to make investments through our government budgets that we then pay for fully and so then leave large bills for our kids and grandchildren to take on down the road that's a common intergenerational unfairness that's at the root of all these problems. And so we're saying, hey, let's let's slay that intergenerational systemic villain and start treating these these symptoms at the root cause. Okay, so how do they do this then? And what, what kind of commitment are they signing up for if they do this? Yeah, this is like mom and apple pie stuff. So we're, you know, investing fairly in young and old alike, preventing illness more than, um, you know, treating it, prioritizing housing for homes, investments, homes first, investments second. They put this pledge, this card to be a generational fairness champion on their social media channels and say that they're taking the pledge. And hopefully then that spurs other members of their caucus provincially and federally to do the same. And we'll have this groundswell of people who want to take what we just practiced, actually, over the Thanksgiving table so many of us celebrated at, where there is a lot of intergenerational love and solidarity. And what we're aiming for is to bring that solidarity between generations at our family tables into the world of politics. That is going to sound cheesy to many of your listeners right now, but I think (laughs) it's actually so darn important that we bring that love into the world of politics, which will help us think not just over an election cycle, but over a longer time period, because we're not doing that well right now. Yeah. How did you decide then? How did you, I guess, narrow down this list? I mean, there's a lot of issues out there. How did you decide what was most important? Well, we're, you know, Generation Squeeze is this cool, you know, think and change tank, or that's a nice way of saying a university community collaboration. And at the university and School of Population and Public Health, we know that 
health doesn't start with medical care. It starts where we're born, grow, live, work, and age. And right now for the generation raising young kids, those conditions are eroding. Um, you've heard me talk about the squeeze, that they go to school longer to land jobs that pay less, only to face way higher housing product prices, uh, and then they get larger government environmental debts. Those things are just creaming the generation raising young kids. Stress is then one of the, the outcomes that happens, and what the stress is sort of the biological response by which a harmful environment gets under our skin and our scalp, making us more likely to be ill. And so the research is pointing us in these five areas, and it's saying as we worry about racism and colonialism and sexism, these are critical things, but we need to also have this age lens. Because I think when people hear the term like ageism, you'll often think, oh, this is a, a risk for an older demographic where, you know, when we're biologically frail, when we're older, that, you know, we become vulnerable and ageism is a problem. And it is. But what we know from the evidence is that socioeconomically, vulnerability is switched from older to younger people. Younger people have the highest rates of poverty. They don't have the wealth. Older folks have the lowest rates of poverty. I had a lot of the wealth. And so we need to be thinking about how our, 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 our relations between older and younger and future generations is a bit out of whack in the way that public policy is currently working. Okay, so that's what you mean by when you say we want to work towards generational fairness. Yeah, generational fairness is the idea that we're going to plan for all ages. We're going to do all we can not to leave uh, bills for those who fall in our footsteps when we could have paid for them now. And we're going to protect what is sacred, like a healthy planet, childhood and home. So do you think that we don't plan for all ages? No, we don't. We are much more likely right now to plan for later in our lives. That's not unimportant. We're talking about my mom. But in Canada, we've increased spending per person over 65 four times faster over the last several decades than when investing in the generation raising young kids. And we uh, tend to say, let's treat our illness after people fall sick rather than prevent people from falling sick in the first place by investing in their well-being when they're young. And if we cared about all ages, we would have slowed down home prices years ago. We would have been paying for our pollution much more readily years ago. We don't plan for all ages. And that's a hard truth that I don't want to piss your listeners off in the morning. But that's the hard truth that we need more and more to wrestle with. So where would we start? Where, where would any politician start? Start by taking the pledge, because the pledge is the mom and the apple pie who can disagree with that, who disagrees with being a supporter of fairness between the generations. Then, you know, often the devil's in the details of policy design. But as we say in our pledge, you know, first off, gov- no, no provincial or federal government right now is doing a good job monitoring how it's spending its mending on young and old people. Like, let's just start monitoring it so we can ask ourselves, are we striking the right balance? No one's even monitoring, like, how much do we do for medical care compared to, like, investing in what actually makes us well. We need to report that and then say, are we striking the right balance? Those would be some early steps. And then, you know, that'll take us down the road to restoring housing affordability, making sure all Canadians can benefit from keeping our climate not warming up faster than a degree and a half, which is I know crazy warm right now. We love the sunshine in October, but it's a frightening drought. And um, it really is a problem when we, read, when we run deficits, even when we're not in a recession. And that's becoming more and more the norm where our politicians are, you know, cha- you know, calling for us to vote for them by promising they'll spend more on us, but not asking us to think about how we're really going to pay for it. All right. So is this like for any politician, any level of government? 
Well, I wouldn't say no if municipal politicians wanted to take the pledge. But to be honest, the pledge is disproportionately focusing on federal and provincial uh, political leaders because that's where we're collecting over 90 percent of our tax dollars in this country. And we really need our senior levels of government to to take the pledge, to have that gen fairness lens on. But right now, we know we're in municipal elections. People are you know, calling for them, to, calling for us to vote for them in the upcoming elections on Saturday. So if they want to take the pledge, too, as a candidate, more power to them. <laughs> All right. Where can people find out more? At jensqueeze.ca. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a great day. That's Dr. Paul Kershaw, professor at the University of British Columbia and founder of Generation Squeeze.